It's Tuned In Dialed Up, a podcast about podcasting in which I sit here and talk with the inimitable podcast reporter, Will Williams, while I sit here and act like a poser. Uh, No! (laughs) Gavin! I I haven't posted anything this month. I'm a poser. So, uh, we're going to break from form a little bit today because I'm going to open up by guessing Will's shining moment of the week. Oh! Or of the last two weeks. I think I can nail this one. I I would be surprised because mine is, I think, a little out of character for me, but we'll see. Oh, Go ahead, no, Gavin. I, okay, maybe I should rephrase it. It may, may not be your shining moment, but it's the thing that's become your week of the last <laughs> week or so. Because it's about three minutes of a Bim Bam episode. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. True. <laughs> I did have a different one, but oh my god. Yeah, you know, this is a better shining moment. It's so good. So in do the most you want recent ice cream and before you even ask, yes, we do have brown and, and it, it takes you to task. <laughs> so listeners, for those who don't listen to my brother, my brother and me. An advice show for the modern era. Oh, this is the dumbest shining moment, but I'm not even mad about it. There's two layers to this. <laughs> there are. So in the most recent episode, there was something a conversation happened. It's a nonfiction podcast. It's three brothers giving advice, but, like, they give really shitty advice. On purpose. Yeah. At one point, they were talking about marketing ice cream trucks. And and the one brother launches into putting lyrics to Do Your Ears Hang Low, but about ice cream, which is already by itself funny. And I want to paint the picture for my listening experience for this. (laughs) I work in an office, and I work in a cubicle. And my cubicle mates can hear me when I make noises. (laughs) And and so I'm listening to this and I'm expecting like, oh, a funny Mabim Bam episode, you know, as you do. It's going to be all Um, right. Right. But then this happens. Do you like ice cream? It's so creamy, creamy, sweet. (laughs) And so I'm already like, like I snort and then I choke and then it's taking all of my self-control to not laugh um, because I'm working at a job. And then don't go to school ruined you, right? Oh, it's not don't go to school. I mean, don't go to school already ruined me. What really ruined me is that about halfway through this bit, the first brother, who's just, like, done this bit, he just set up this bit with yes. with no regard to the Griffin others. Griffin McElroy, the musician yes. of the three of them. Yeah, he asks one of, one of the other brothers to make up his own ice cream lyrics. Which is and the- doubly funny because Justin yeah. <laughs> is legendary for not being good at taking bits and running with them. Not at all. So he... <laughs> so he... Uh, this is going to be like such terrible audio because oh, explaining yeah, a joke is, like, is never funny. Right, kids, here's what memes are. I know, I know. But guys, he... <laughs> Long story short, he's making up these ice cream lyrics. Part of it is that he says that the flavor pistachio is good, but not as good, good as, as brown. brown, which is not a flavor. And then it keeps happening, and I'm just fucking dying at my desk at this point. Like, I am sure that I sound like literally someone is murdering me. So, um, so that's the first level. Yes. And then the second level is Louis Zong, who is mm-hmm. a storyboard artist for We Bear Bears, I believe. I think so, yeah. Louis Zong also did the album artwork for Wonderful, the uh, mm-hmm. uh, Griffin McElroy show with his wife, Rachel McLemore. Uh, and ha- a wonderful. Did you say Rachel McLemore? McLemore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you 
yes, the, yes, Ra- <laughs> of 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 the series S Town, Rachel McLemore. Continue. Uh, Louis Zong is also a really good musician. I've uh, professionally, yeah. air quotes, reviewed uh, Louis Zong's latest album, Dogs, for a magazine I write for. Nice. Uh, Louis Zong, out of nowhere, so much, so fast, I suspect <laughs> so they fast. slipped him the audio early. Louis Zong produced a Mabim Bam animated, like it's it's on the line between animated and animatic. It's not super, uh, I mean, it's really quickly made animation, but it's so beautiful and has this like really good aesthetic and the colors pop. And he, he puts like the instrumentals behind their shitty ice cream lyrics. Which he made with a Wii sound font. So those are literally Wait, seriously? Yeah, it says in the description, I made the backing track with a Wii sound font. Ha ha. Amazing. So it's very Wii music. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's very good listeners. If you've never listened to My Brother, My Brother and Me, I understand that it's like, it's kind of a hard thing to get into. Like, it's a hard sell. I was really hesitant to listen for a long time. This episode, the first half of it at least, yeah, yeah. is a great jumping in point. The second half is them talking to, air quote, Gespert, Mary Lou Henner. Uh, yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I don't, I, I didn't know who Mary Lou Henner was. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, do you have a different Shining Moment this week? So, my, I, this uh, fun fact, we're doing a retake of my Shining Moment because it clicked in my head that this is actually <laughs> something that like emotionally affected me in the last two weeks. I slept on the finale of Amnesty's first arc in the Adventure oh. Zone and finally listened to the finale of the first arc of Amnesty, or second arc. Because the. Yes. Yeah, but I'm not. The numbering of the episodes does not fit how they produce them, really. No! Not really. So, season two of uh, uh, the Adventure Zone, just quickly, the way season two worked was. They did season one over a period of like two, three years and then switched games. And the way they switched games was three of the four McElroys involved with the Adventure Zone ran short arcs on different RPG systems in different games. Like one was a superhero thing. One was set in a Wild Wild West situation or a Weird West situation. And one was set in a fictional West Virginia town. Uh, that has a mythical gate that lets a monster through every few weeks. And the people living in that town, some people living in that town are part of a secret monster hunter group that have to go kill those monsters. So as you can tell by the fact that I'm going way into depth in the last one, that's the one they went with. But they count the mini arc that they did of four episodes to be the beginning of that season. So there's just like episodes, one, two, three, four, test episodes, five, six, seven, eight. (laughs) So it's hard to keep it straight in your head. Anyway, the end of the first real arc of Amnesty where they're really just flexing their creative muscles ended and it touched on parenthood, something that has happened to all of the brothers, most of the brothers (laughs) since since the beginning of the Adventure Zone. Griffin's had a kid. uh, Justin's Mm -hmm. had a new kid. (laughs) So Travis had a kid. Travis had a kid? Yeah, he's got Oh, yeah, he took time off. Yeah. He doesn't talk about his kid that much. So Not on this show. Every single person on that show is a parent now. And (laughs) there's specifically a scene about parenthood that specifically mentions it. And then Mm -hmm. there's a second scene that's really about parenthood, but we're not talking about it. The the 
Cryptonomicon intro uh, flashback. Yeah, that was. Yeah. I really like that scene. Oh, so good. We're oh talking God. about like emotional anchors for uh, for a RPG podcast that we don't usually talk about. Yeah. There's just there's some really strong things happening in Amnesty that could not have happened without years of the Adventure Zone balance behind them. Mm-hmm, so it's just mm-hmm. this it's this amazing show and I don't have to be like, yeah, Adventure Zone's good, but like there's no defending it. It's just no, this season of Adventure Zone's fucking fantastic. It's really fucking good. Including the one time Travis forgets his character voice and slips into Magnus. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's been really solid. It's been so solid, in fact, that in the most recent episode, um, there was like, (laughs) there was a monologue about, yeah, there's a monologue about French onion soup and Gavin, I will have you know, because of it, I made amazing French onion soup tonight. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. It was delicious. I don't really like French onion soup, but even I was like, I want some now. (laughs) Can I touch on one more? Oh, are we? Moment? Yeah. Okay, I, I promise this isn't a pun cast. Um, I know that that lead-in probably sounded like it, but I have a legit one. No, yeah. So, in the last two weeks, and this is, like, maybe a little bit of a dark one and maybe a little bit, like, Ooh. a little bit meaner than I usually skew, um, which may carry into the <laughs> the rest of the episode. We'll see. <laughs> but um, in the last two weeks, there have been two articles that I found really interesting in regards to podcasting. The first is an article from a site called Mama Mia, which I thought was really weird. Um, but it's about why people are um, boycotting Sword and Scale. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Fuck Sword um, and the, Scale. Yeah, fuck Sword and Scale. I think that was guys. one of the worst, like, intense conversations you and I had. <laughs> it was so, it was an early bonding moment of salt. <laughs> it for was us. basically like, it, it's one of those podcasts. It was, it was the text version of one of those podcasts where someone sits there and another person just tells them a story and they react. Yeah. I was just like, just knuckle crack sound. Let me tell you yeah. about Sword <laughs> and Scale. Yeah, because I had no idea. I don't listen to true crime or anything like that. So. I was very taken aback. It's not even um, good, true crime. It doesn't even, yeah, it doesn't sound like it. Um, and then the other, and I should say, like, I don't think that we have the time yeah. to go into all of that right now, but you can look up the article. We'll link it in the show notes. Um, I'd highly recommend reading it. And then the other article that came out, I believe, today that I'm very happy about is that um, the estate of uh, arguably the protagonist of S-Town is suing S-Town's creators um, for basically exploiting him post-mortem. I'm glad you said arguably. Yeah, I'm... I would argue the protagonist of S-Town is the piece of shit uh, host of S-Town. I don't know. I saw it as kind of like a Nick Carraway situation. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, yeah, but like Gatsby's technically the main character. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like, basically... The lawsuit, from what I saw, and it should be noted, I don't know a thing about law except for very specific immigration law. Yeah. Um, so, like, <laughs> there's there's things I could absolutely be missing. But it sounds like the S-Town people didn't get the rights to his story oh, past shit. what they went there for. Yeah. So, like, when they were talking about the fact that he was gay, yeah. uh, he did not give them the right to talk about that. Um. And basically, like, they're using the suicide of this man to make this podcast. To make make Serial Season 3. 
Right. Because that's what um, S-Town is, people, by the way. It, it's season yeah. three of Serial. I know that people, I know that when S-Town came out, it was really highly acclaimed and very lauded by critics. I have always been wary of it. Um, initially, I was wary of it because I thought it was just not very good past yeah. the first few episodes. But the more it sat with me, the more it has become kind of distressing and, and upsetting. And as somebody who specializes in or specialized in creative nonfiction in college and like I've done a lot of study on it, it bothers me that it was seen as the pinnacle of creative nonfiction um, and also journalism because it's not good journalism and it really bothers me. Mm -hmm. So long story short, podcasting is a new medium and people get away with more than they should sometimes and I'm glad to see these two things have their comeuppance. Yes. Yep. Cool. So Gavin, with all of that, um, why don't we dive into this week's topic and which is hashtag fuck sword and scale, funny enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, not not this week. Yeah, not this week. We're going to be talking a little bit about, we're going to be following up on the conversation about social media and podcasters. Because I think as we've talked about it more, we've realized that it's a much, a much bigger topic than we initially intended. We were going to do from the perspective of the critics with me and you and Ellie. And then um, at Podcast Movement, I'm going to record with some podcasters about... Um, you know, their tactics for good social media. But then... Get excited, y'all. It'll be the first Gavinless episode, and therefore it'll be good. Oh, you hush! You're being so, so mean to Gavin it. today. <laughs> Spicy. <laughs> so mm. we have this series basically set up uh, by accident. Yeah, by accident. But I think it's going to be... I, I hope, at least, that it's helpful. So this week, I reached out to some podcasters. Um, we reached out on Twitter and in uh, the Discord that I run about their social media nightmares as a podcaster. And what we realized is we kind of got two different styles of this. Yep. One of the styles was between podcasters and podcasters inappropriately using social media for certain things. The other kind was inappropriate ways that fans feel entitled to creators over social media. Mm -hmm. Today, we're mostly going to be talking about the first. Which will lead into a future discussion. Yes. Yeah. So we got some submissions um, from podcasters and their social media horror stories. And the first one we have is Anonymous. Beautiful stories from Anonymous podcasters. <laughs> If only, if only I were as cool as Chris Gathered. <laughs> if only. So this first one is anonymous. We're going to keep the details kind of minimal. Just going to read it off as it was sent to us, and then we'll go ahead and discuss. So it starts. A show sent an unprompted email that complimented me on my social media skills and my Patreon setup. Then they go on to specify the part on my Patreon where, where I lay out the hours it takes me to do a single episode and other work on the show. They mention how it takes them hours longer to just edit their show episodes and that they are more elaborate than mine, which they said have all unique compositions. Obviously, they were still complimentary about the fact that I lay out that this is time-consuming to run a podcast, but it still left a weird taste in my mouth. It seemed like they had just looked at my social media, website, and Patreon and had not actually listened to the show. The show was from an older cis white man, which kind of compounds my suspicions. Oh, you mean 90% of podcasters. Unfortunately. Yes. So, yeah, I think that this touches on something that I find really upsetting in the community because largely what our community is great at is being a 
community. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I would say that most podcasters, especially, especially in the audio drama world, will tell you that listeners, getting listeners is not a competition. Not at all. You know? Yeah. It's not like television. Like, that's one thing people Mm -hmm. have a hard time grasping is unlike YouTube or uh, any other... We make a medium that you can do something while you're interacting with. Right. So no one, like, we're not just, oh, I can only wash dishes and listen to podcasts. Like, that's the one time. <laughs> right. So I have to pick carefully. Like, no, fuck that. Like, Yeah. I would also say that most podcast listeners, once they are hooked on the medium, they're hooked on the medium. Yep. So, for instance, there isn't, like... There isn't competition between Join the Party and The Adventure Zone because they're both actual play podcasts. And there's not, competition, not competition between Join the Party and The End of Time and Other Bothers, which is right. directly influenced by it. Right, because they share those audiences. It's not that audiences are going to choose one thing and just stick with it. They're going to listen to a bunch of things. If you mm-hmm. love the medium, you love the medium. So it's really upsetting to hear this person First off, be so fucking condescending to somebody who, you know, again, I, I want this to be anonymous, but they spend a, a, a lot, lot of time, time. <laughs> a lot of time. Um, and just also asserting that you're better because you take up more time. Yeah. It's not necessarily true. <laughs> yeah, my editing setup so much cooler than yours. Like, who cares? <laughs> Right. Like nah, I use Pro Tools. Yeah, me, me. I hear yeah. you use Audacity. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just ridiculous. And it just it doesn't do anything nice. And I really hate how underhanded this is because it came in through a compliment. Mm-hmm. You know? Um Gavin, what advice would you have to people who are who might get messages like these? Because I know that there's probably a lot of new podcasters who might get something that's similar and i can i can imagine that be really you know being really discouraging for a new podcaster i'm the i'm a bad person to ask my (laughs) (laughs) that's true i guess (laughs) i'm a very bad person to ask this because my initial reaction is just ice them out like yeah just just like if you've worked retail put on that face thanks Glad you. No, you know. Thank you for listening to my show. I don't think that's bad advice at all. Yeah, just kind of be done with them. I think that's great advice. I don't think that you owe anything to these people. I think that if you just say, "Oh, thanks," you know, and then that's the end, I think that that's fine. This might step on uh, our future conversation a little bit, but also keep in mind, celebrities in the podcasting world are still celebrities in the podcasting world. Like, (sighs) I love Markiplier. As a video creator, he's fucking nobody on the street. It, no right, one has right. ever no no one has looked at Joseph Fink and went, "Oh my god!" Like, right? I, right. I'm sure someone has looked at. I've, I'm sure someone at a convention saw Joseph Fink and were like, "You're the Night Vale guy." But my point is, we're all just people behind computers trying to yeah, make a it's thing. So true. Now, some of us are stand-up comedians who just are automatically getting an audience because they're good comedians and mm-hmm. are making shit podcasts, but still, we're all we're all working the same grind here. It's not like there's there's no caste system to podcasting. Yeah, yeah. I think that there is this idea that some people are just, you know, famous and and fancy. 
especially for new podcasters, but I can tell you that once you get more... Yep. Once you talk to more people in the medium, you'll find that everybody is pretty much on the same playing ground. Hey, the McElroy um, brothers miss their upload dates a lot. For for <laughs> as big as the as my brother, my brother, and me and Amnesty are, they miss uploads quite frequently. Not every other week, but enough yeah. over the past few months to be like, oh, wait, they're real people. Yeah, in the Join the Party Discord this week... Um, when the Adventure Zone went live on Thursday, Misha Stanton posted something to the effect of, like, it went live on the upload date. I am shooketh. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you better you better fucking believe those live shows go up on the right day. Yeah. Patty! So, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what advice would you have to people who might think it would be a good idea for some reason to send these emails, other than, like, just don't do it? Like, Like, what would you say... How do you think we should discourage people from doing this other than saying, don't do it? Um, If you think a show is lesser or you can see that they're doing something wrong, the community is so big, it's really, it's not worth your time or effort to be like, um, actually, your, your uh, Patreon's a little, little lacking. Like, who cares? Yeah. You're not here to save people. Right. And I would say, like, pretty much across the board. Don't give advice unless somebody asks for advice. Exactly. Holy shit. Like, it's just rude. <laughs> just don't do it. And I would say also, if you are if you have these feelings where you feel like you want to tell somebody that y- your show takes more time and energy, maybe instead of sending that email, I don't mean to get too mom here, but <laughs> take a moment and think about why you're sending that email and what it will accomplish. Maybe you're sending this email not because you think it's going to be helpful, but because you're feeling a little bit self-conscious about your show, which is understandable. Like, making a creative work is is scary. But maybe, maybe try to introspect a little bit more before you take that out on somebody else, especially somebody who's just trying to do their own work and do it well. Yep. You know? Nailed it. Also, Gavin. Yes. I was so focused on trying to read these listener submissions and help people out that I forgot why, what spurred on this conversation between the two oh, of us. Oh, yes. Let's in do the that first part. Place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that part because I remembered halfway through reading and became furious yeah, I again. bet you did because I was fucking oh. angry. Yeah. Hang on, let me find let me find the new you start. Uh, there there's a part 2 that's in my uh notification still. Listeners, Gavin and I <laughs> We're not subtle folks. You know, we're we're not subtle. We've talked several times about how we have policies where you can contact us for review and you can you can submit your things or you can you know, you can contact us professionally like a professional in the field that you are making a work in um, and how just like adding us on Twitter, like, yeah, is not the fucking way to do it. Nope. <laughs> it's not the way to do it. Um, and we've talked about this many times and also it's just really tacky. So tuned in, dialed up, um, got mentioned on Twitter first to give some unprompted advice and listener, I would say also, we wouldn't usually be this direct. This is some egregious shit. It is, and for it gets more reasons. egregious. Yeah, so go ahead. Okay, first off, for for those who aren't social media yeah, for those who aren't social media savvy, 
if you start a tweet by adding someone, it will only show up in their, like, replies section. So, like, they'll get the notification all the same, but it won't show up on their feed. If you put a period or, like, anything that's not at first, but people who are social media trained put periods, that's a way of saying, I want everyone that follows you to see this as well. So dot at tuned in dialed up hey will and gavin i'm shortening our twitter handles i pulled off the no hashtag 101 freeway pointless hashtag number one to say that at saycaster would exponentially improve your hashtag pod hyphen even after you release the hashtag podcast into the world you can put 20 spots on each pod linking to videos tweets Twitter handles, etc. Now, here's the thing. I pitched to Will that I should start this episode by putting out a like fake like a fake PSA to this podcast. I wanted to tweet at them saying, "Hey, uh, it looks like your account's been hacked because you're sending a really spammy tweet full of pointless hashtags. Yeah. Hashtag 101 freeway, hashtag podcast, hashtag hashtag pod." Okay, let's just click on the hashtag 101 freeway, because let me guess, it's all... Yeah, no. It's just... Yeah. Who cares? You're... that yeah. Actually, that tweet is in... Yeah, it's like four... Yeah, it's a quarter of a page down. Pointless hashtags do nothing but make you look like someone who took one class in social media management and then stopped. Yeah. The thing... And it's, it's, it's so disingenuous. It's really disingenuous, and it's also weird. So, like, first off, it's weird that they would do this. I I cannot imagine that they listen to our podcast and think that this was an okay thing to do. Nope. So, first off, I'm, I don't think that they listen to our podcast. They also Second have 1,500 off, followers. We should say that. They're nobody. Like, I, I, I don't mean that in a mean way. For us. I mean, you have almost 1,500 followers. Yeah. They have 1,500. But, like, that's great from our perspective, people on the ground. Yes. But as someone who's like, hey, I got this cool thing to show you, that you're, that's yeah. not an influencer. That Like, it's not someone right. who means a damn to the world. It's also just rude. Like, we didn't actually ask for advice. But it's also, like, it just... It just strikes me as really strange. And then the tweet was like liked by a bunch of very like-minded podcasts, and, and maybe maybe that's legit. But it, it struck me as no, it, it feels weird. like a ring. It it does. Like I can't imagine. It, it feels like they have a quota to reach for people signing up for Saycaster. That's that's really what it feels like, and like. I don't know anything about Saycaster. I don't want to make any legal. I don't want to make any legally uh, <laughs> right. uh, uh, culpable claims. I'm just saying I have seen several marketing strategies where it's like get our get our program or whatever for a discounted fee if you blotted a blot whatever. Right, right. This feels very robot and like you have yeah. to make this tweet situation because everything that's yeah. in this tweet is could be pulled from the bio of Tuned In Dialed Up. Because yes. our Twitter handles are in our bio, so they could just pull that. Hey, hey and they're in the same mm -hmm. order that they're in the bio, too. Funny, mm -hmm, huh? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it just, I don't know, it struck me as really strange. And even if Saycaster were a thing that I were interested in, um, I'm certainly never, ever, ever going to look into it now. Yeah. Like, there's, there's literally no way. It, yeah, it's just really frustrating. So, like... From the perspective of podcasters, which it's funny, I don't actually, I don't think that you and I talk about 
the fact that we are podcasters making this show very often and like speaking from that perspective, which I think is funny. Yeah. Um. So as podcasters, I can say this is not how you speak to other podcasters. No, you, this you is don't not act... how you interact. This is not how you talk to a person. Yeah. Don't this is how do you get moves. Like, like, sorry, but this is how you talk to dumb people on the internet. Yeah, I would, I would say that like, if you are looking at a service and the service wants you to do something like this, it's shady. That's shady. Yeah. Don't don't agree to do things like this. Especially since they don't link a. Uh, there's no links in it, which is the one thing that's like weird. Like I thought there'd be a. No, they just added us in a... They mentioned a us picture. in a retweet. It's a picture. Yeah, it's That's just a picture. It's not weird. a link. So weird. And the thing and is, maybe... the thing is, they... T- okay, so in the picture on the tweet, it's a podcast that talks about movies. Like, fucking, I'm not saying anything too specific. There's a thousand of those just that just yeah, got made right now. there's a lot. But this movie, this movie-related podcast... Basically, it seems like Saycaster is. Uh, uh, if you have you heard of Art Nineteen, Will? Yes. It's the hosting service that allows you to swap out ads after the fact, so you mm-hmm. can keep them fresh all the time. Saycaster mm-hmm. looks like you can. It's basically that, but SoundCloudified. Where if someone uses that player, it'll pop up a link to a YouTube video or something at a designated mm. time, kind of like comments on SoundCloud. Uh, it looks Got like it. that from the, the screenshot. In the screenshot, it's the "Sorry to Bother You" trailer, and that really pisses me off because "Sorry to Bother You" is a movie that needs social media help. Like. Oh. It needs people to go see it. It looks amazing. They tagged, like, the the picture says, that podcast and sorry to bother you. As if the sorry to bother you Twitter account had anything to do with this. Right. That is some Ugh. horse shit. Uh, That's really frustrating. This looks like someone who's trying to grab as many random likes and retweets from, from like, here's the thing. You can be successful, air quotes, on social media and get numbers by just getting random bots and shit to like you. Or you mm-hmm. can actually build a following. It's And it's it's not that hard. <laughs> just be nice. Just be nice. It's not that hard. I get I get followers all the time. I don't know why. Just, like, be nice and make friends. That's... That's all. It's not hard. It's not hard. The like Ugh. you can keep people around just by being you. Except when I started tweeting about Papa John and being mean, and two people left. But fuck them. Well, fuck them. You don't need them. <laughs> fuck them. They like Papa John. Fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're we're a little off track. But this tweet yeah. is just that tweet it's was so bad okay. it sparked this whole episode. It did. It did. So. With that, Gavin, should we go into our next listener submission? Uh, yes, but to uh, cliffhanger people, there's one more oh. shitty tweet we got. We'll get to in a minute. Oh, that's right. <laughs> should we get? Wait, should we get to that now? Or should yeah, we... we should get to that. It's actually specifically. It was directed at me. Yeah. This has nothing to do with the first one. Will, do you know what Fiverr is? Yeah. Would you care to explain what Fiverr is real quick? Yeah, so Fiverr is... To my understanding, a site where you can put up like, hey, I do this service um, and then people pay you for that service. But like five bucks is usually like the thing for it, to my knowledge. At least the entry level uh, there. I looked into like podcast editing to see if that was a thing I could do. Mm. It's basically like a reasonable amount of small amount of money to do with a, a service. That's like a fiver. Like that's kind of, I guess, the, the thesis. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I tweeted in March uh, a tweet. My, the tweet I put up was something about time and writing articles, and I just had a bunch of stuff to do. <laughs> Three days ago, <laughs> I get a tweet <laughs> replying to that one from March. I can help you write articles. I will take the load off your shoulders. No period on that second sentence. Uh, And a direct link to this person's Fiverr account where they, I will write 500 to 1,000 words on any topic for only $25. Username will write 500 to 1,000 words on any topic for you. I will help you write a blog post, an article on any topic, 500 to 1,000 words. It's, they're just like trying to cram as many keywords in there as possible. It's a tweet from March. And they link to their Fiverr. I can help you write articles. And then they followed me. As if like, oh, well, obviously I'm going to like go get 25 bucks. Yeah, sure. This person is running around Twitter trying to grab frustrated website editors and college students with low morals (laughs) and stressed out (laughs) high school students. They're trying to get anyone. They're selling essays, basically. Uh. Yeah, this is. Yeah, this is bad. It's tacky. It's very it's just, tacky. It's just I think not that's, how a, yeah, you that's do the word things. I've been wanting to say all night. It's tacky. It's tacky. Don't do it. Please just stop. Yeah. Should we move on to our next listener submission? We should. Wonderful. So the next is actually an audio clip that comes from us, comes to us from the lovely Andrea Parrish of A Thousand Things to Talk About. Yes, very fancy. Um, So we can put that in right now. Boo! Magic of editing. Hey, Gavin and Will. This is Andrea from A Thousand Things to Talk About. My social media horror story is when you follow somebody on Twitter or on Instagram and almost immediately, in fact, usually immediately because they have it programmed in, you get a direct message that has this giant list of links about everywhere that you can follow that person and everywhere that you can give them money. And by the way, here's where you can buy some merch too. Listen. I get it. You're excited about your project, but by doing that, you're essentially telling me that I'm nothing more than a lead to you, and I'm nothing more than another person to advertise to. That's not what social media is for, and that's not how social media works. To add insult to injury, about half of those direct messages usually also include a form to fill out so you can make sure to get their emails and even learn how to make thousands of dollars on your social media, like the one I got yesterday. To put it mildly... It's annoying. Can I tell you a secret, Will? Yes. The YouTuber community is fucking riddled with this shit. Oh, I know. That's where those, I think, I suspect, that's where the companies that make the bots that do this made Mm -hmm. their money initially was YouTubers. I tried to get Mm -hmm. into YouTube uh, gambling. (laughs) That's a thing, though. (laughs) I tried to get into YouTube gaming uh, two years ago, and as soon as I started Mm -hmm. following people... uh, just DMs left and fucking right. Yeah. It was u- yeah, it's it was usually not as bad. It would just be like, thanks for following me. You can subscribe my YouTube channel here. I appreciate yeah. you. But it's still just like it's a robot. The Well the links I mean, I don't like that to begin with, but then the links to like give me money. Get you money. know I, like come on, people. Like 
So I think this is another one of those things where for, for new podcasters, hearing that you could have this ability might be, you know, really, um, there's a word I'm looking for. God. Off-putting? No. The opposite of that. Appealing. Appealing. Yes. I think that if you're a new podcaster, the hearing that you can do this and just have this automatically generated could be really appealing. Mm-hmm. Because that way you're you're hitting people who you know at least are a little interested in your content. Um, and they are just hand-delivered, well, I guess bot-delivered, uh, links to where they can support you as a creator. That could be really appealing. Gavin, can you please explain for listeners why that might not be the best idea, especially for for podcasters and for new podcasters? The podcast community thrives on engagement and yeah. interaction, which are kind of mm-hmm. technically the same thing, but you work with me. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. audio, hashtag Audio Drama Sunday is yeah. entirely promotional. Like in, in its DNA, it is a way to get more followers for you. But mm-hmm. it is also structured in such a way that it is beneficial for other people because the the social contract of hashtag Audio Drama Sunday is you are recommending other shows. And mm-hmm. if you do a good job, it reflects well on your podcast account. So people will then like you. Case in point, mm-hmm. Greater Boston's fantastic threads mm-hmm. every Sunday. Many every Sunday. There are several other accounts I follow that do a great job, but Greater Boston just popped to mind. Sorry, everyone else, you're doing a great job. Just work with me here. Uh, <laughs> making it robotic yeah. does not. No, that's it's, not engagement. It's again, it's disingenuous. Like we've talked about with everything else so far. Like you don't, you can't afford being disingenuous as a podcaster. No, you can't. Part of what makes podcasting appealing is that it's so intimate. Like we hear about this all the time that you've got these ears, like not ears. You've got these voices in your ears. It's very close to you and these are usually like very personal stories yes. and very personal works. Podcasting thrives on the engagement that Gavin was talking about and intimacy. This does the opposite of both of those things. Also like you can't take promotional concepts from other mediums and apply them to podcasting just carte no. blanche because YouTube kind of you to be a successful YouTuber is to kind of thrive on the idea to instill the idea that you are one of a crowd. You are a part of a fan yeah. base. There are hundreds of other people watching this guy at the same time as you or any this person at the same time as you uh, and therefore robo dms and uh uh uh, make sure to hit that like button and press that bell Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that like things like that escalate to such a degree that we get things like twitter dm bots now like there's a running gag that me and my girlfriend have now because like we watch youtubers every now and then and early on when in the early 2000s or the early teens when youtube became a real big thing you could be profitable on people can make a living off of it became part of the, you have to have this banter at the end of a video to get people to like your video, subscribe to it, and click the bell button so they get uh, notifications. And mm-hmm. then it became too cliche to say, give me a like and a subscription. So then they had to like find new verbs on how to. Yes. And the verbs get more violent up until you get to like present <laughs> day. So like my girlfriend and I will just come up with new 
like worse thing commit genocide on that like button just like very <laughs> violent <laughs> get sent to the hague for subscribing to this channel just you got to be so intense podcasting yeah. is very much not at that phase yet as much yeah. as maximum no. fun would love it we're not there yet as much as gimlet would love it we're not there yet yeah if you want to be a successful podcaster you got to be engaged i have yet to see Aaron Mankey, the person behind Lore, get too engaged with individual people, but Aaron Mankey mm-hmm. also gives us a window into that person's like beliefs and thoughts on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So there's mm-hmm. uh, there's a parasocial relationship developing there. A word we'll talk about next week. Uh, yes. So you can still be huge and connect with your voice. Joseph Fink, very active Twitter account. Yes, yes. And you're not getting robo DMs about Welcome to Night Vale. Right. You might from a yeah. Night Vale Tumblr account, but Tumblr's just, uh, it's just a radioactive mess now. I think we'll go into that next time, too. <laughs> we'll talk about why you should just not do Tumblr anymore. Yeah. Tumblr, it's okay for porn still, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Thanks, Yahoo. <laughs> should we maybe push this one entirely to the next recording? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Because we're already... <laughs> We've We're already pushing been recording for like 45 minutes. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. um, I do think that we have like things, you know, we'll pare down, but like we should probably put that one to next episode. To, to put it, uh, to, to, to tease you, the listener, a little bit, it's a, yeah. it's a 300 plus word submission we got that will probably drive the entire conversation next yeah. next episode. It's It's worth the wait. It is worth the wait. It's a it's a really good and I th- I think a really important conversation to have. So with that, Gavin, it's recommendation time. It's recommendation time. Are we going to couch our puns into this? We'll see. Well, that's a yes. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. So uh, my first recommendation. Uh, full disclosure, I talked to the writer of this podcast a lot on Twitter. We're Twitter buddies. We, he added me on Discord a few days ago, or a week or two ago. Uh, Will, I know you've wa- listened to it, but how about we talk about Ostium for a second? Oh, yeah! Let's talk about Ostium for a second, for sure. This episode, I would like to recommend Ostium, a magical realism? I would say so. Uh, it's we- yeah, it's yeah. not fantasy. It's not sci-fi. It's just like... This is uh, yeah. fiction with a capital F from a college perspective. It's where... It's in that in that area of fiction where like a professor would go, Oh, yeah, it's got a lot of nice themes in it. And it's not mm-hmm. <laughs> genre fiction. Uh, stu- <laughs> tune in for the Patreon-exclusive Tuned In Dialed Up podcast. That's two hours of Gavin talking shit about academics. So, <laughs> Ostium... Starts off with the main character playing GeoGuessr at work because they're a software engineer and are bored. GeoGuessr, for those who don't know, is a browser game developed by uh, that uses Google Maps Street View and puts you at. Wait, is GeoGuessr a real thing? Yeah, it's a real thing. It's so fun. Oh shit! And there's a multiplayer mode too. Oh shit! Mul- I totally thought that was fake. The multi the, the multiplayer mode. Okay, so the the basic idea of GeoGuessr it takes the uh, API for google maps and then uses it to pick random places around the globe and just puts you there and all you can do is click forward or side you can click around as if you're in google street view because you are but all most of the like 
overlay is gone so that you can't tell where you are. So the idea is you click around and use street signs and context clues to figure out where in the world you are. And then there's a, there's a map in the bottom right where you just click to where you think you are and you get points based on how close the pin you put down is to where you actually are on the map. It's very fun and very frustrating. And there's a very and there's also a super fun multiplayer mode where you and another person get the same map spots and whoever guesses the closest out of like five wins. It's just a fun little thing. And if you nice. if you have a basic understanding of archaeology or archaeology, fuck. If you have a basic understanding <laughs> of architecture, it will go a long way because then you'll be like, oh, this feels kind of European. Like yeah. you don't have to rely on just license plates. Ostium starts with the main character playing GeoGuessr, and they find a sign for a town that reads Ostium, elevation 285, population zero. And that grabs them. And then the computer mm-hmm. glitches, and Ostium's gone. Like, they, ca- they can't even get there on Google Maps. Like, mm-hmm. they looked it up on Google Maps outside of GeoGuessr, uh, and then both just gone. Uh, glitched out of the system so luckily the main character has a photographic memory and uses that to drive up to ostium which is like three hours away and finds that it is a walled town full of buildings with signs from various languages and each building has is numbered and has the front door all the doors are different and there are plots of land that don't have buildings but still have doors with numbers and we find out all of the doors go somewhere different in place and time. Mm-hmm. And this beautiful setup that could allows a writer to do whatever the fuck they want leads on a pretty wild show. So if you want to check out Ostium, yeah. it is amazing. I highly recommend it. I still need to finish. I'm like one, I'm like half an episode away from finishing season <laughs> one. And now is a great time to try Ostium. Yeah. If you haven't, they have just they are remastering and re-uploading season one in two-hour blocks, kind of like 2298 did with all of yeah. 2298. So they cut it. I mean, Ostium's a little bit longer than two hours, so it's multiple parts, but you can listen to remastered Ostium all in one shot without all of the intros over and over, if, you want, if that sounds more appealing to you. Sort of a closer to audiobook form of the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, Will, what did you bring to the table today? You sound so hesitant yeah. and like pre-remorseful. <laughs> so my first uh my first recommendation um is actually it's not a it's not a pun, but it is about puns. Yes. Um so it is there's these two friends and they get together to make a podcast about puns and it's it's not just like about puns, it's like actually more of uh, a linguistic survey on how puns are used and like double meanings and you know the history of them, where they came from, different examples from different cultures. They talk to the general public about puns. They have a general, you know, there's ha- they're just very enthusiastic about puns, and it's called pun placed. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Okay, so my creative process is about twenty minutes before the episode, I pull up Pocket Cast and just scroll through. And I looked at unplaced <laughs> for about 30 seconds, thinking there's got to be something there. And then I moved on. <laughs> well, it's better than my creative cr- process, because my creative process is, is stealing. Yes. So this one comes from Lucy. Hey, Thank you, Lucy. I love that now wonderful. we're going to get like, guest credits. Like That's very fun. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. 
So my first actual recommendation yes. is for a podcast called Kaleidotrope. Gavin, have you been listening to Kaleidotrope? I have not. Admittedly, I think it might be a little bit twee for you, but mm-hmm. I think that it could appeal, appeal to a lot of our listeners. It is a queer romance. Um, it is two college students. They work at their college radio station. There I'm is, into it. Like, <laughs> va- yeah. Um, there's like vaguely magical things about the college, but that's not really very prominent oh, this right now. The website's adorable. The website's so cute. The website is so cute. I, okay, can like, I, I just want to share my favorite gag that is not that actually that funny in podcasting is when someone gets so excited they move away from the mic. Like, that gets me, me every too. time. I'm really excited about this website. It's very pretty. <laughs> um, so it's it's very, like, what I love about it is that it is completely a rom-com. It plays on a whole ton of tropes. It's very, like... Opposites attract. It's very, um, I'm a curmudgeon. Oh, I'm very over the top. Ah. Um, Right. And I love that shit. And it is unabashed. It knows what it is. And it just embraces it and makes it gay. I love it. Um, Right. So I'm super about it. Um, It's just a really, really fun listen so far. There are only three episodes out. It's a great time to jump in. Um, So that is Kaleidotrope. Awesome. So. Do you have a second one, Gavin? What do I? Do you have a second one, Gavin? I do have a second one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this uh, this podcast is a horror podcast. Shocker, mm-hmm. Gavin recommending a horror podcast. It's about a mm-hmm. group of people from varying social and uh, uh, geographical backgrounds, many of them bilingual, uh, getting trapped by a intense snowstorm. Uh, and mm-hmm. they're, they're locked in this building for several days and they don't know what to do besides wait out the storm. And fun enough, the building that they're trapped in is a ice cream uh like an old style soda parlor but everything's been cleared out except the ice cream and the only thing that's left is vanilla so they can only really mm-hmm. produce one or two things uh this uh-huh. this podcast is called the white malt <laughs> that's one of my favorites you've ever done <laughs> Send me uh, $30 on coffee so I can hire the actor who plays the... Hire a voice actor from the White Vault to do a monologue, but with ice cream in it. Okay, so my actual, since that shitty joke's over, I have an actual podcast about jokes to talk about. Ooh! Uh, I love hearing comedians talk about the creative process. I love hearing the inner workings of a joke because... One thing about comedy is it's it's kind of like magic, but like we don't have a behind the behind the mask situation with comedy. Really, there mm-hmm. aren't many like exposés about how jokes work. So, so good one is a podcast by the creative editor of Vulture, who basically just brings a stand-up comic in and they talk about one of their most popular jokes and they play a clip of it and then talk about it for an hour and that's. Nice. That's basically the structure of the show. There are some episodes that are better than others, and I will I will preface this by saying the first episode I listened to was the Patton Oswalt one, and one, I'm a huge Patton Oswalt fan, and two, it's about my favorite joke from oh, nice. from the Annihilation special, which which was the first stand up set he did after his wife died. Oof. And. That joke, like, the structure of that set is funny, 
top of the roller coaster and then we start going down we start talking about when she died and how we affect that and then this one joke just pow fucking it's like a release valve it just lets everyone in the room mm. go okay it's we're good like we went through the grieving process together we, we can laugh again and it's just so fuck i i wrote like a 1400 word re- it was the last review i wrote for the college paper i left Mm. It's my. It's still my favorite review. I think I still have it in my portfolio when I uh, nice. when I interview for freelance jobs. But hearing Pat Oswalt talk about the process of getting comedy together while also dealing with the fact that the love of his life suddenly and unexpectedly died, and then also yeah. raising his daughter, uh, it is a very interesting. Very interesting episode. There are some episodes that are just more like, yeah, well, the whole point of this joke is ba da da ba, which was in the joke anyway. And then they just kind of talk about what that person does. Like John Mulaney's episodes, okay. Uh, yeah. John Mulaney's episode, they I don't think they really chose the best joke. It's uh, the $100 million joke. Oh, where, really? from Yeah, from John Mulaney's New in Town, they chose the joke where he's like, all these movie companies spend $100 million on crappy you know, summer blockbusters. I would buy a ticket to see $100 million in person. Yeah, and then it, it's an okay joke. They run that it's joke, uh, they run it up until the pirate chest thing where he's like, <laughs> they don't have good depth perception because of the eye yeah. patch. Yeah. Uh, there is some interesting stuff there. Like he talks about how his delivery is a little weird because he was touring with Mike Burbig- Burbiglia and uh, that affected how he delivered jokes for a while because he just started copying his I voice. I am sure. Yeah. And Mike Burbiglia has a, f- a very specific per- performance and delivery style. Which is, I think, totally fake. Oh, yeah, absolutely. His early albums do not have that. It's when he starts embracing the, I'm a sad white guy. Like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. welcome to our comic review podcast. (laughs) Anyway, good one. It's just, there's some some miss episodes. Much like comedy, it's hit or miss. But when you get to a good episode, fuck, it's good. I highly recommend it. Also, there's a wide swath of musicians. There's a wide swath of comics interviewed. It's not just like... And this week, Jim Gaffigan. No offense to Jim right, Gaffigan right. or John Mulaney, but let's face it, stand-up gets a little mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah for sure, yeah. for sure. Um, jumping off of that, I would like to recommend this week The Hilarious World of Depression. Ooh. Gavin, have you listened to this show? No, I haven't. Okay, I think it would be really up your alley, and it is phenomenal. It's one of my big favorites. Well, so it auto-completed on Google for me so they know I want it. <laughs> so the hilarious world of depression is an american public media podcast and in it the host john mo brings on comedians who have mental illnesses oh my and god and it's so good gavin so okay so it starts with i can't believe you and i haven't talked about this podcast before of course every episode starts here. with yeah every episode starts with john mo asking the guest is depression funny and then it's, you know, their response. And yeah. almost always it's them being like, oh, it's the funniest thing in the world. Oh, yeah. It's the dumbest shit. Right. Um, and basically he goes through and he talks about their career and their struggles with mental illness and how those things coincide. But what I love about it is it's not... Ooh, Margaret Cho. Yeah. Ooh, the Margaret Cho <laughs> one is really good. Um, I would really recommend listening to the... Um... Oh, my God. What is her name? She does the voices. She, oh my God, Will, come on. You, she, she does, I'm going to, she did Lady Dynamite. Oh, Maria Bamford. Maria Bamford. Fantastic Thank comedian. You. 
So the Maria Bamford episode is one of the most um, haunting really? things I think I've ever listened to. Yeah, um, because she struggles with very specific types of OCD um, that manifest in really horrific ways that have like followed her throughout her life. Um, but it's also a hilarious episode. And it's really sweet. And half the time she's talking about how she has these two pugs and they're gay. Like, it's so funny. And what I love is that it's the show about depression and it's the show about comedians. But it does not at any point try to assert that having mental illness makes you a better artist. Um, Instead, it's a lot about like, hey, what did you do in your steps to recovery? You know, like, how how did you make sure that this wasn't taking over your life? How did this impact your work? Um, and just hearing comedians be really upfront about it and talk about how, because a lot of the time the idea that comedy comes from tragedy is touched upon. Yeah. Um, but even then, it's still not seen as, like, this, this thing where they're lifting up mental illness as a way to make a great artist. Um, it's just really fantastic. The interviews are really beautiful. I've cried several times listening to it. Um, just a really, really, really great listen, either if you are into comedy or you kind of just want to feel seen um, if you're struggling with these things. Like, I listened to the Rachel Bloom episode. She's the person behind Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and felt understood on levels that I didn't think that I could before. Yeah. And, and like, I like Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, but I'm not crazy about it. <laughs> What's great is that you can almost always find something where you, you resonate deeply with the people being interviewed, but also it's a funny podcast. I, I would also like to point out, I have the website up right here. I like, I haven't even, I haven't listened to a second of it. I give it huge props. The front page is the thumbnail, subscribe links, support link, and then a big banner for makeitokay.org. Like yep. right there. Uh-huh. Also the, the hilarious world of depression is made possible by a grant from health partners and make it okay. Like, Yep. Right fucking there. I know what this show is about. It's not a Exactly. It's not a Podbean page. Like right, I love podcasts right. that have a purpose and are geared towards something. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's really fantastic. It's 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 a podcast, not only that is like a really good podcast, but I it, it means a lot to me that it exists. Mm-hmm. And it's a podcast that I think will mean a lot to people. Yeah. What what a good one to end it on. I think so. Well, Will, if people <laughs> want more fantastic podcast recommendations like that, where can they find you online? Ooh, they can find me on Twitter at, at WillWWrites. That's W-I-L-W underscore rights. Um, you can find me at WillWilliams.reviews. Um, I also write for Bella Collective and Discover Pods. Gavin, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at The Pod Report. T-H-E-P-O-D-R-E-P-O-R-T. I, you can also... Put thepodreport.wordpress.com into your internet browser to get a wacky website uh, in <laughs> which I write about podcasts once every month or two. Uh, I do long-form podcast reviews, and uh, I'm really tempted to write a review of a song, a single song, uh, which is not on brand at all. So I might start writing just shit that's <laughs> not related to podcasts at all. Who knows? You do it, Gavin. Live your best life. Who knows? Life. Uh, but yeah, that's where you can find me online. Also, Will, I feel like this is the best place to tell this story. Uh, you know you know how I run a uh, Gravity Falls watch-through podcast? Yes. Uh, this is not a promotion for that show. Like, I, I like oh. I love making that show with Beth from Buffy Speaks. Uh, it's, very, it's very fun to watch through Gravity Falls and do a podcast about it. Uh, 
<laughs> the name of the show is The Fourth Journal, which is a reference to the fact that in Gravity Falls there are three journals that have like oh. secrets of the wacky supernatural things happening in Gravity Falls. There's not a fourth journal, so we called the show The Fourth Journal. We did a <laughs> we, we we did a bumper at the end where it's like, and if you want to follow the show online, go to the fourth journal dot wordpress dot com. Uh, and I said go to T H E F O U R T H journal dot wordpress dot com. <laughs> Our site is T have you looked at it? Yeah. Will you read the title of the first post on T H E F O U R T H journal dot com? Okay, well, hold on, because now I'm pulling it up, because I've seen it before. Oh, Lordy Gavin. Yeah. Our, our fun, family-friendly show about Gravity Falls shares a similar URL with a website that has a... Uh, the first post yeah. is titled... 9-11. 9-11. And the, po <laughs> the, po <laughs> the post is... We will never forget. <laughs> Freedom costs much. Chana. <sighs> oh, Gavin. Gavin. It's made doubly funny because one of the funniest things my girlfriend has ever showed me is a YouTube video that's like six seconds long. And it's Norm MacDonald like on a podcast or a radio interview. And it's clips. So he just goes 9-11. And then he goes from dead face serious to laughing his ass off as if 9-11 is the funniest thing he's ever said in his life. <laughs> <laughs> Punchlines without bad, context yeah, are man. hilarious. Anyway, so yeah, if you are doing your socials, make sure you spell your shit right. Make sure you spell your shit right. Okay, it's important. All right, thank you very much. Okay. Thank you very much, Will, for joining me again today. Uh, thank you. It is very fun to make this show, and thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We hope to we hope to see you again next time. And Ooh, yeah. our first episode of August, I believe, will be really special so I think check so, in yeah. for that yep bye, bye. I almost closed this